Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. Welcome to the episode today. Why don't you tell us what religion you left and your story? Sure. I am Mr. Hand 2020 from TikTok. I left the Mormon church. It's kind of a process over the last few years, but first I just started claiming that I was a former Mormon almost a year ago. I saw that on your TikTok, you're also former Mormon, so you'll probably be able to appreciate where, where I come from with some of this. The backstory is I was a normal Mormon kid in a strict household, and as I grew up, I was looking forward to one thing, and that was serving a mission. I finally did serve a, serve a mission at the proper age. Back then, it was 19. They have since changed it to 18. And I got called to Utah. That always amuses people when they hear that, is that I served my mission in Utah. So I'm from Florida, by the way. So that was technically far away. And I was Spanish speaking. I'm really rusty with my Spanish now. So it's been a while since I've spoken it. I lightly hold a conversation now. So yeah, I served in one of the Utah missions from 2009 to 2011. During my mission, I got to, I was at a state conference in one of my areas and I met L. Tom Perry, one of the 12 apostles, one of the big, big leaders of the church. And I focused my mission more on making sure people had a personal connection with the message that we were sharing, but I never made numbers on the mission a priority. And I... So I met L. Tom Perry at a local congregations conference, a state conference. And instead of saying good afternoon or hello there, or hi, elder, he said, how many lessons did you teach this week, elder? That was how he greeted me. And so I pulled out my planner because I didn't have an exact number. I said, we taught 24 lessons this week which ask most Mormon missionaries, they'll tell you that's actually a really good number. But L. Tom Perry responded to me by saying, oh, you got to get it up to 30, Elder. And so that was the first hint of what I think is one of my biggest problems now, which is that it's a business first. It's not, not a religion first. It's a business first. But anyway, I finished my mission and I decided to move right back to Utah to marry a marry a Mormon girl and I was successful I did get married in 2012 and that transitions into another one of the steps that led to us leaving because we we've both left as we were faithfully attending our meetings we were in kind of a weird bubble culturally with our local congregations where we weren't uh, young single adults looking to get married because we had already gotten married, and we weren't parents. There's no doctrine that says that you're supposed to shun married people who aren't parents, but it does kind of happen, and in our case, it did happen. We were very fortunate not to be pressed about when we were going to have kids by either of our sets of parents. But our local congregation was not as kind and not as considerate. So we would actually get that question pretty regularly. And it made us feel like outsiders in our own home, in our, in our area. 
Yeah, but we just patiently move forward. We adopted a dog in 2017. That's about how far we've gotten in the journey of becoming parents. We live in the United States, so we and we're not pulling in six-figure income, so we can't afford all the testing and everything that would lead to the answers to why we don't have kids yet. So even through no through no fault of our own, we kind of got ostracized over the years for being a couple without kids. Fast forward a little bit, we're we're trying our attendance at church starts to become sporadic over the years. I tried to become a police officer and failed at that even though I graduated police academy. Um and I was thinking about my future as a police officer and with the church and there were already I was already starting to develop some conflicting views on things. The inevitability of me being called into a leadership position one day and having that conflict with the really tough nature of being a police officer. And when I was trying to do that, it was also at odds with my natural sense of empathy. Like I was actually, I actually tried to become a police officer because I'm an empathetic person more so than I have found out in recent years is natural for most people. I've, I've always heard my parents brag about my natural empathy, but I never thought much of it. And to be honest, it's a curse sometimes. It's a heavy burden to bear. But the growing up in the Mormon church was helpful to start off in developing my natural sense of empathy. But there were limits to that. And then there were also limits to the other part of my being raised. I was raised a strict religious Mormon. I was also raised as a pretty staunch Republican. And so after, so I'm going to backtrack just a little bit because I don't have like my notes in front of me or anything like that, or my timeline of when everything happened. But not long after my mission, I was living in an apartment in Provo and my roommate was watching a movie with Nathan Lane in it. And I made a comment at the time about how I didn't agree with Nathan Lane's gay lifestyle. And this roommate said, just because he's gay doesn't mean that's a reason he deserves any disrespect. And the empathy started kicking in. I'm like, wow, you know what? You're right. That was a real asshole thing of me to say. And so that ended up leading to me gradually deconstructing all the Republican aspects of who I was. That was where I learned that form of homophobia was from the Republicans and from the religious upbringing. So I started to deconstruct that. But the last straw for me was when I, it was just a couple years ago, I was listening to General Conference. That's the twice a year broadcast of all the leaders of the church. And I was listening to one of the leaders talk about how it's such a shame that the LGBT lifestyle has become more accepted. And all I could think is, why is that, why is that a shame? And he never gave answers other, other than 
quote unquote, God, God's word is, uh, and that's, that's para, it's paraphrasing. It's not a quote, but how God, God's word is that every, everybody should pursue a heterosexual lifestyle. And it, that just con- contradicted what I already knew at the time, which was that your sexuality is not a choice. And the leader that was saying this was Dallin H. Oaks, who is very likely to be the next, the next prophet, the next president of the Mormon church, assuming he outlives Russell M. Nelson. Look at their birth dates. That's very likely to happen. And this is probably the thing that could get me in the most trouble with the church to, to say, but I, I don't associate with them. I just haven't removed my records quite yet. But the most welcoming thing that could happen with the with the Mormon Church to the LGBT people would be if Russell M. Nelson outlives Dallin H. Oaks. If Dallin H. Oaks dies first. I know it's mean to say, but that's it's gonna be the, the homophobia is gonna get worse when that happens. Yeah, this whole anti LGBTQ thing led me to think, huh. The church has been so encouraging of my romantic life, especially after I got home from my mission. And I see LGBT people who want to be who want to have the same happiness, but their their romantic lives are not encouraged. They're it's quite the opposite. They're told that they have to be patient and it will be sorted out in the in the next life which is just awful. It's, it, it comes off as something that needs to be fixed when it's not. If God made, made gay people, and this comes from a comment that was left in my, on my Mr. Hand 2020 TikTok channel, someone actually, said, someone actually put it best. He said, if God created LGBT plus people, there is inherent divinity in them. And so... Uh, when God makes something that doesn't need to be fixed, it's real shitty to tell them to, to tell people that God's going to fix them. And so, yeah, I I left pretty much when that uh, when that talk was given. I think it was 2018 or 2019. And then, yeah, last year, my wife and I both sat down and we confirmed with each other that yeah we're we're pretty much done with the church neither of us really wants to go back neither of us is supportive of the message anymore and so we left pretty much at the same time we started rebelling i don't know if you can see this on your camera here but that that was my this is my first major act of rebellion was getting a tattoo and you know we started doing that and then and then earlier this year was when I started to realize, wow, the I was I've actually got quite a bit of religious trauma. And when, so my favorite YouTuber, I'm a I'm a big movie buff. I love movies, and my favorite YouTuber is Chris Stuckman. He talk he gives very very good, very nerdy, very informed reviews on all the new movies on his YouTube channel. At the beginning of this year, he made a video about how he had left the Jehovah's Witnesses to pursue his dream of filmmaking. His church had tried to destroy his dreams of filmmaking 
and done everything they could to try and squeeze that part of him, this, this essential part of who he wants to be out of him. And I realized that's really tragic. But then I came to the realization, wait a minute, similar things have happened to me. Before my mission, I was also wanting to pursue filmmaking. And then ever since I finished my mission, it's been very difficult for me to start the process of making even a quick little video and feel the same passion that I used to. So I realized, wow, the the church has given me a very similar type of trauma. I do have to say I'm very thankful I didn't grow up Jehovah's Witness, but I I did have the trauma of having gone on a mission. Last year, I got another confirmation about the circling back to it's a business first. When Russell M. Nelson started putting things in a post-pandemic direction at some point during 2020, so too early before the end of the pandemic, and trying to get things at least starting to go back to normal way too early. And it, it was really sad for me to come to that realization because Russell M. Nelson, back when he was a heart surgeon, operated on my grandfather, did open heart surgery on my grandfather twice saved his life twice back in the days when open heart surgery was still a very new and borderline experimental way of going about heart troubles. That's my story of leaving. That's and retroactively realizing I have a lot of, a lot of trauma associated with growing up in a strict religious household and everything here is it's, steps on the on the road forward for me i guess and i just got to keep moving forward and keep moving in the direction that being a former mormon has taken me and now what are three tips you have for people who are looking to leave this is one that i came to the realization about fairly recently it was actually how i got the courage to start posting in the group where you and i started this communication I had seen a video on uh, on Exmo Lex on her YouTube channel, and in her video, she talked about how everybody who's gone through trauma needs a support group. And so one of the pieces of advice I would give to people leaving the Mormon church is listening to the experiences of people who have left is not evil. It's not sinful, even though the leaders will try to tell you that it is. They'll probably try to say that by listening to me, you're listening to the devil or listening to people who seek to destroy the church. I'm not out to destroy the church. I just want to talk about, I just want to be able to talk openly about my trauma and be able to help people with similar trauma. And that's not even just reserved for for Mormons. It's anyone who's left a very strict religious lifestyle. If you're fully self-sufficient with your money, that's one less thing that's going to hold you back. If you're still dependent on someone who's wanting you to go to church, I understand that that can be difficult, but just know that there are there are people rooting for you. And yeah, that that's that's what I've got in in terms of advice. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, 
Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.